And we're back. I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, it's true. We are. We can start Hi. that way. You want to start this time? I always start. Sure. Um, you have. You are listening now to Two Sober Chicks in Recovery. My name is Julie. And I'm Lisa. And we are putting together this little podcast. It's been a little sort of baby dream of ours for a little while. Um, we do want to say right off the bat that we do not speak for any of the 12-step programs or any other type of institution or recovery program that we may be seen at or associated with. We're just two chicks navigating the waters of sobriety. Um, I'm coming up to my fourth year of continuous sobriety, but I have been around in recovery for six and a half years. Wow. Yeah. Long time. Yeah. It's a good life. It is a good life. Yeah. Um, yeah. So these are our own personal thoughts and feelings and journeys and experiences and discoveries in recovery. And uh, we hope that if it helps you in some way or gets you through, um, that would be great. We would love that. We are doing this as our own personal little project just for fun. Um, we were sitting around. We'd often have these talks. And I think maybe we were sitting with somebody else one day. And I think somebody else suggested to us that we should do this. I think so. And we kind of laughed and thought, yeah, that'd be fun. And then not too long ago, I called Julie up and I said, you know what? Let's just do it. It doesn't have to be super successful. It doesn't have to garner us any fame. But let's just stop talking about it and actually do it. Because with the internet today, it's so easy to do these things. So we're making a making a dream come true. Yeah. And we hope that it helps. We hope that it helps you as much as it has helped us to share our experience, strength, and hope. It's kind of what we do every week, several yeah. times a week. This is like a mini meeting. It's just people are listening. Um, the last time we spoke, we said uh, we talked a little bit about um, weddings and how I had had this thought that I would never be able to attend a wedding sober. Mm. Um, and then I just got married this year, and I was at my own wedding sober, thankfully, or else it wouldn't have happened. I was there. You were there. One of my good friends. Um, and you know what's funny? I never noticed that it was a not, for lack of a better word, a dry wedding. Yeah. Like it doesn't even occur to me anymore. Or very rarely, I should say. We so had those lovely, cool. fancy mocktails. Oh, yeah. At the beginning. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm sure that people in my family who do drink were like, something missing <laughs> with this mocktail something wrong with it but it was fun and delicious and uh and it was just one of the many sober events or sober things that i've done in sobriety um so in the beginning i was horrified to think that sobriety meant not drinking yeah what a notion <laughs> recovery meant what? not drinking ever again um and i learned to take it one day at a time just 24 hour chunks but that was a, a huge fear of mine was how am I going to be able to attend my first wedding? Um, what about funerals? People drink. Oh, I never thought of that one. At funerals. Oftentimes, especially if you have like Irish, Scottish background, it's not a funeral, it's a wake. Right. And they pour one out for the deceased and uh, there's alcohol in everything. Yeah. So New I, Year's. New Year's was uh, a scary one for me. Your first date, New Year's Eve. Yeah, I'm Ooh, never going to have fun again. That's another good one. We'll have to talk about that. <laughs> yes, dating and sobriety. Yeah. Yep. But we've learned so many helpful um, strategies, tips and tricks on how to go into events and then navigate events where there is booze and you don't partake. Mm -hmm. What do you do? And it doesn't just start at the event. It usually starts before. Right. Pre-planning is very important. It's funny because I was a master of pre-planning my drinking. 
Um, so I have to do the same thing in sobriety. So a good example of pre-planning, um, you have a plan. You, for me, I have a sponsor. I'm in a 12-step program. I have a sponsor. So I'll call my sponsor. I'll tell my, make sure somebody else. So I'm accountable not only to myself, but I'm accountable to my sponsor. So I'm going to call my sponsor before this social event, and I'm going to make sure I call them after the social event, and I let them know I'm going so that hopefully they'll say, um, I'll be available that night and my mm-hmm. phone will be on. If I don't let them know that I'm going to this event and I'm calling them and they're busy with their own life, they might not pick up. But if I let them know that I'm going to this, what might have been a stressful time for me, um, then I know my sponsor will have his phone on and he'll pick up because um, he knows I might be in crisis. So have that plan. So phone my sponsor before and after. Or your peeps in recovery like we do. We have a little chat room. Shout out stepsisters. (laughs) Um, A lot of us, before we go to an event, will often tell the ladies, you know, we're stressed about this or this is going on. So even just getting that anxiety out often lessens the burden once you actually go to this event. So famous uh, slogan is you're no longer alone. And it certainly has come true. My favorite. Us. Um, Another great piece of advice was uh, have a job. So my very first wedding that I went to in sobriety, I was panicked. I was terrified. I was about six months sober and my sponsor said, what would you normally do at weddings? I'm like, well, pre-drink, have a flask, wish for an open bar and spend most of the night at that open bar. Um, Okay, well, now you're going to have a job. So an easy job at a wedding is bring your own camera and be the unofficial photographer. Hmm. I've never heard of that one before. And I loved it. Interesting. It was so much fun. And it was an extra gift that I was able to give the people who got married. I processed all my, and I'm no, you know, camera person. I processed. Photographer. Thank you. That's (laughs) (laughs) Words. Although I know sign language and in sign language, it would literally be not a photographer, be camera person. I love it. So you're just thinking in ASL. That's right. Of all their of all their photos, and they loved it because a lot of the photos I took, their professional photographer hadn't taken. That's cool. Yeah, I know. For me, uh, the best advice I ever got was don't be beholden to someone to get there or to get back. Get there yourself. And even then, if somebody does bring you, there's no reason you can't jump in a cab or grab an Uber or whatever. The point is, if you need to leave, leave. And don't feel bad about that. No. How many times has guilt put us in a difficult situation? So your sobriety is so much more important than a shitty feeling like guilt. Guilt is a useless emotion. It's uh, by nature centered on the self. Which doesn't help. I mean, when you're in guilt, I could know all of these wonderful psychological um, words and tips and tricks to deal with guilt. But it, in its nature, it's about us. I feel bad because. Mm-hmm. Um, another trick I've learned um, when I'm sitting down. I was recently at another wedding, several years into sobriety. And I turned my wine glass over on the table. I just flipped it upside down. And within a minute or two, the waiter came by and removed both our wine glasses. Nice. I don't need to announce to everybody, hey, I'm sober, I don't drink. I just need to signal the waiter quietly and turn that turn that glass upside down. Yeah. What other tips can you think of? Um, I've also heard of telling the person you're with, if you go with someone, to that 
It's like the uh, PG version of a safe word or a signal. <laughs> so if you're at your limit and you need to go, you say your word, you say you give them a signal and they leave with you. Having a buddy is really good reinforcement. Yeah. Your safety net, I guess you can say. It's amazing. And also along the notes of or along the lines of guilt, you can just say no if you think going to an event is gonna compromise your sobriety. Mm-hmm. It's okay to say no. No is a full sentence. N O period stop. Love it. There were a lot of times where I felt that I couldn't say no, so I'd go and I'd and I'd suffer and I'd struggle. And I love the fact that I can say no today. But it is hard, especially in that first year of recovery. There's so much that you're learning. Um, but that is a great lesson that you can just say no. There's a, a lot of people that I know that um, in recovery, they have like um, amazing vacation destinations, getaways. And it's like, you know what? Maybe this summer you don't go to the cottage. If booze and parties happens all the time around you, why would you want to put yourself in the middle of all that? Yeah, it's that question again. How important is your sobriety to you? What's more important? And really, for most of us, myself included, sobriety isn't just being sober. It's my life. Like, I can't afford to drink again because that'll mean death for me. I just know it. So what's more important? My life or going to this wedding? My life or going to this concert? My life or going to this cottage? I'll choose my life. Especially when you start to have time in recovery where you get past the sticky point and life starts to become really amazing and all those promises start coming true. It's like, oh my God, I'll choose that over anything. But at the same time, our alcoholism is always poking us in the back of the head, challenging the belief, mm-hmm. which is why doing stuff like this or being involved in a 12-step program, whatever it takes, um, fostering that sense of community and recovery will get you to understand or to hear or to recognize that little poke in the back of your head. Uh, questioning things like, hmm, I can do it. It's not that big of a deal. I haven't had a drink in a long time, et cetera, et cetera, whatever. I'll be fine. Yeah. Those can be dangerous words. Yeah. I'll be fine. Famous last words. Yeah. I'll be fine. So yeah, now I give myself permission to not go if I if I don't feel like it. Uh, and that took me a while to get to that. And, and unfortunately, like Julie, I had to uh, make some mistakes, go back out there and do some more research to figure that out. Maybe going to a bar and hanging out with my friends is not how I can spend time with my friends. We're going to have to find other ways to hang out. Mm-hmm. Or maybe we're not really friends. If all we ever do together is drink, and now I'm not drinking, and that's all you guys continue to do then maybe you're not the right people for me. So that was a hard decision too. There were some people that I had to let go of my life too. Mm -hmm. But that's probably another topic. If you'd like to suggest a topic to us, we would love to hear it. Uh, You can email us at the number two soberchicks at gmail.com. That's two soberchicks at gmail.com. You can message us also through Facebook and uh, you can find our downloads on soundcloud.com. Remember, we don't speak for AA or any other recovery program. This is just our own personal experience. I'm Lisa. I'm Julie. And this has been Two Two Sober Sober Chicks Chicks Recovery. Recovery. Bye.